Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of World of Wallace and Gromit, the podcast. I'd firstly like to say a quick thank you to all of you who have listened so far. I really hope you've enjoyed it and are following or subscribing to make sure you don't miss out on any episodes. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please do also give it a rating and leave a review if you found it interesting or would like to hear about anything in particular. Thank you to listener Jordan for doing just that with your kind review. I'm very glad you like it. So, in today's episode, we'll be looking at a character who was born in Wallace and Gromit, but went on to become a global star in his own right. It's Sean the Sheep. As you'll know if you've listened to episode 4 of this podcast or seen the film, we're first introduced to Sean in A Close Shave, where he escapes the lorry of captured sheep, eats everything in sight, but ends up saving the day. He also makes an appearance in the Cracking Contraptions episode Shopper 13, where he's the probe and gets sent out to save the stranded Edam. The Edam is stranded! Gromit, we'll have to launch the probe! Armand could not have expected how much the mischievous little sheep would capture the hearts of the public, but they didn't let the opportunity go to waste. After a close shave, Sean appeared on books, greetings cards, a few commercials, and even had his own merchandise. A popular piece with children was a Sean the Sheep backpack, and in 1997, a 21-year-old Emma Buntum, also known as Baby Spice from the Spice Girls, was photographed wearing Sean the Sheep backpack and made news outlets all over the world. At the time, Spice Girls were at the peak of their popularity, and therefore Sean was introduced to more people than ever before overnight. Sales of the backpack skyrocketed and sold out. The creator of Wallace and Gromit, Nick Park, theorised that Sean's popularity somehow came from being simultaneously cute and cool. It was Nick who then came up with the idea of developing Sean as the star of his own series. It was the perfect time for such a project within Ardman, and Nick successfully pitched the idea to senior management team. When it came to deciding on a director for it, Richard Golazowski, whose nickname was Golly, was Nick's top choice. Golly had worked on early Aardman stuff like Sledgehammer and Morph before leaving Aardman to pursue a freelance career, but returned later, and had always felt that Sean had real potential to be a leading character. He was asked if he was interested in directing a new series of Creature Comforts, but it was decided by Aardman that Sean the Sheep would be a more commercially sensible series to commence with, as the process of creating it could be more controlled. Golly directed the pilot episode, but wasn't involved in the script writing, and the script just didn't sit right for him. In the episode, Sean was top dog. He had a bike, a girlfriend, and could use cash machines. Golly felt that there weren't many places for him to go story-wise, and there wasn't really even a reason for him to be a sheep. He told the broadcast department he didn't want to continue, but instead of taking him off the show, they agreed with his points and asked for his ideas on the programme. It turned out that Golly's ideas were in tune with Nick and the head of the broadcast department, Miles Bullough, and he really thought about who they were aiming this programme at and who the characters really are. They're sheep on a farm in a field, almost like prisoners, and it should be a sitcom type of comedy structure aimed at eight to ten-year-olds. There would be a sheepdog who would constantly be torn between having to obey his master, the farmer, and being friends with the flock. Sean would be at the bottom of the pile, so had restrictions on what he could and couldn't do, which made for better stories. 
The episodes were just seven minutes long, to align with young attention spans, and broadcast on TV in the afternoons. No crazy budgets would be needed, and they could all be made at Ardman. The most beautiful part of Shaun the Sheep is that there are no comprehensible words, so it's accessible to everyone all over the world. With the exception of a name on a dog bowl and a sign on the gate, there aren't even any words or letters to be seen. Bars, grunts, mumbles, huffs, gestures and so on are all that's used to convey the storyline, in addition to the actions of the characters. At the time, Nick was busy working on the curse of the were-rabbit, so Golly masterminded the whole thing. The new look, the characters, the setting, all of it was created by him, bringing Sean's world to life. Nick later said that he never imagined giving away a project like this, but he was totally in awe of what he, Golly, had done with it. When producing the first series, Golly took a few episodes to his children's primary school to show it to them without any explanations and gauge their reactions. It was enthusiastically received, and the children's were engaged throughout, giving Golly a confidence boost that his idea was really something. By the time he'd finished the first series, he was already thinking about telling longer, potentially feature-length, stories with Sean. The episodes were clever and more sophisticated than first planned, so considerably more expensive than they'd anticipated, but the risk paid off, and when it was broadcast on Children's BBC Channel in 2007, it quickly became a hit with children and their parents. 40 episodes were produced for the first series in 2007, followed by another 40 for Series 2 in 2009. In 2012, a further 20 episodes were made, and 30 more in 2014. Series 5 and 6 had 20 episodes each, and were released in 2016 and 2020 respectively, totalling a massive 170 episodes overall, each time the demand never faltering. It was popular not just in the UK either. After two years, it had sold to some 170 territories, with few adaptations needed because there's no recognisable language in it. It was particularly well received in Germany, with 5 million DVDs being sold there. In the series, the main characters we meet are the farmer, Bits of the Sheepdog, Sean and the Flock, some of whom are more recognisable than others, like Shirley, the largest member, who's always eating, and Timmy, the baby, the baby who looks up to Sean. Timmy actually got his own spin-off series in 2009, where we see him in preschool, the episodes of which are aimed at younger children than Sean the Sheep, more two- to five-year-olds, widening Sean's fanbase further. In 2014, shooting began on Sean's very own feature-length film, the Shaun the Sheep movie. Jointly written and directed by Golly and writer Mark Burton, who had helped on Chicken Run and The Curse of the Were-Rabbit, they agreed that Sean and the flock needed to be taken outside their comfort zone, so away from the farm. In the film, Sean gets fed up with obeying the farmer and devises a plan to divert the farmer's attention and give the flock a day off. Unfortunately, this results in the concussed farmer, Sean and members of the flock ending up in the city, and having lots of adventures there trying to avoid capture and eventually get home. The film opened in 2015, which was coincidentally the Chinese Year of the Sheep, and did well at the box office, both in the UK, the US and internationally. In line with the style of seven-minute episodes, the feature-length film translated really well all over the world, as there was no dialogue. A particular thing that Goya recalls from when they toured with the film is that no matter where they were, people laughed in the right places. There's something very universal about the storytelling. On Boxing Day in the same year, we were treated to The Farmer's Llamas, 
a 30-minute episode set on the farm and featuring three rowdy football-loving llamas. He now has a second feature film, Farmageddon, which was released in 2019 and follows Sean and the flock trying to help a stranded little alien get home whilst escaping from the authorities who want to capture her. It was nominated for a BAFTA, among other awards, and currently ranks as the 16th highest-grossing stop-motion animated film of all time. In recent years in the UK, Sean has featured on Visit England Tourism and the 2015 Rugby World Cup promotions, an interactive exhibition at Land's End in Cornwall, and had his own art installation sculpture trail round Bristol, Sean in the City, which raised £1.1 million for Bristol's Children's Hospital. But that's not all. Sean the Sheep mania has spread all over the world. There's a Sean the Sheep family attraction called Sean the Sheepland, which opened in Sweden in 2016. And in Tokyo, in Japan, there's even a Sean the Sheep brunch cafe, where you can be served dishes with Sean's face literally in the food. Also in Japan, in Osaka, there's a Sean the Sheep cafe, but this one's three stories high, and you need to book ahead as there's so much demand. There are stage shows and touring exhibitions in several Asian and Middle Eastern countries, video games, books, and heaps of merchandise, all to do with a little sheep who lives with his flock on a farm. So crazy. His fan base is truly global, and his genuine and clever storylines have meant he's popular with all age ranges, despite mostly being targeted at primary school children. Who would have thought that what could be described as effectively a silent film could be so popular in this day and age? To those who haven't seen Sean, I imagine it's quite hard to understand how it's actually possible that people could be entertained for so long by a character who doesn't speak and rarely leaves the same farm. Golly has taken a little character from Wallace and Gromit, given him a lovable, cheeky personality, and combined with comedy, no dialogue and universal themes, has made him an international superstar. What a journey. What do you think of that then, Gromit? So, today's book is one that many may not be familiar with, and indeed I've only just recently acquired. Feng Shawn, Discover Inner Peace with Shawn the Sheep. This is a little book of advice, only about 12 centimetres square, from the font of all knowledge when it comes to mental, spiritual and physical wellness that is Shawn the Sheep. In many ways, it's completely random and offers rather tongue-in-cheek, borderline, unhelpful advice, particularly when it's displayed alongside a related still from a film. But in other ways, Sean does have a point. It offers reminders for little things which we kind of know but often forget about, whilst also presenting it in a humorous manner. Overall, I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan of this book, but if you want something small that will fit in your bag, which you can take out when you're having a bad day and get a smile from it, I reckon this will tick all the boxes. Uh, all's well that ends well, that's what I say. And that's the end of our first bonus episode, where we looked at Sean the Sheep. I hope you found it interesting to learn about where this international superstar came from, and will join us next week when we look at a Wallace and Gromit series released in 2010, World of Invention. Goodbye till then. From me, from Gromit, from Arj. Au revoir, chaps.